know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, today, ladies and gentlemen, today, you have another situation. You, you, you can't help but think this stuff, okay? Regardless of how you feel about Trump, right? Regardless. But, you know, another example today with the state judge in New York in Arthur Engra, uh will rule how much money Trump and his co-defendants owe for this alleged fraud as well as as well as whether Trump can still do business in the state already. Uh, he's ruled that Trump engaged in fraud in Gore. This is the guy who, you know, already had his 15 minutes, uh, you know, smiling for the cameras and everything else, making it known to his uh, friends and everything else that he is presiding over this trial. I mean, it's unbelievable. What they're trying to do is bankrupt the guy. I mean, that's what they're trying to do. <laughs> it's really, they're trying to talk about draining a guy. Trump's talking about draining the swamp. They're talking about draining him and all his finances. Everything is worth it. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's as clear as day in this picture. Regardless, how you feel about the guy. But if you keep an objective viewpoint on it, this is what's going on. Hey, listen, I, I'm sorry to interfere with time here because I want to bring on the uh, New York State Senator, uh, Anthony Palumbo, who certainly uh, has been uh, in the courtroom a few times himself as a pro- lead prosecutor, of course, leading the way in the 1st Senatorial District. It is great to have you. You know, I was just thinking that. Senator, it's it's unbelievable between the uh, E.G. E. Carroll situation, $83 million or so, of course, he'll appeal. Now this with Nguren, uh it just goes on and on and on. They're just trying to wipe out his bank accounts, it seems to me. And uh, good morning, Jay. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, when, you know, and, and I, would, I separate the two. Um, as far as the uh, the sexual assault case, that's a personal thing. Whatever the motivation yeah. may be, he lost. The jury awarded him, uh, awarded her right. um, a very large number. And, you know, Donald Trump is Donald Trump. He can't help himself. Um, the guy just keeps talking and talking and insulting people. Um, and at the end of the day, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be quiet during the trial. So when it came to the punitive damages side, which is meant to punish you and to make you stop, and the lawyers didn't even ask for a number which you often do in these types of cases. You just say, just make sure it's enough. Be over the top, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. Throw out a number that will shut them up. And they threw out $65 million in punitive damages. So, um, you know, that is what it is. That'll be appealed. But the other stuff is clearly intended. And this was the most amazing thing, is you have a party talking about election integrity saving democracy and you have state secretaries of state throwing donald trump off the ballot whether you like you just said whether you like the guy or not um whether you care for him his whatever you know his policies all right we're back Uh, a little problem with the phone we have the uh, senator with us anthony palumbo of course first senatorial district new york state senator palumbo good to have you back sir a little bit of a glitch hopefully we have solved that um, yes, you were making your point. I was bringing up the whole Trump stuff before we got started with some conversation. Uh, you know, the uh, E.G. E. Jean Carroll situation uh, with $83.3 million, uh in Goron as far as the fraud trial and everything with the businesses. Uh, another 60 or so million that you're pointing out, $65 million or so. Uh, but the beat goes on, I guess, and it, it, there is no forgiving uh, Trump at all, for, you know, especially with the E.G. Carroll's situation that took place 
obviously. But, you know, you get a sense that they're just trying to go at him left and right, trying to get every dime they can out of him uh, as far as, you know, listen, we, we know what it means and everything else, but uh, we've never seen anything like this uh, in in, uh, in court history. Let's put it that way, right? Yeah, exactly. And that, and that was really the, uh, you know, the profound point I was trying to make. <laughs> I was trying to um, suggest that, you know, it, it's just so ironic that you have a, a group that talks about saving democracy. And Donald Trump has been convicted of nothing that would otherwise um, disqualify him to run. And I think that they become, they become so afraid of the guy that he does have a mob of people who will vote for him no matter what happens. Um, and they know that they will go to the polls vigorously. They will turn out. There's a lack of enthusiasm for Joe Biden. There's a huge enthusiasm always, no matter what, uh, for Donald Trump, for a certain group. Um, and I think that's almost what someone like Ron DeSantis was counting on. He was hoping that there would be a, uh, uh, you know, a, they would want Donald Trump policies without all the chaos, so there's where they vote for for uh, Ron DeSantis. But everybody's voting for Donald Trump. They still want Donald Trump. And that's, I think, what's feared. So now they basically are claiming a, quote, insurrection con- conviction, and he hasn't been convicted of the specific crime that would disqualify him. So they're trying every other angle um, to bankrupt the guy, just like you said, and, uh, you know, just... just Try it, which is re- using the justice system as a sword with civil cases to try yeah. and empty his bank account. And and keep in mind, though, in some of these states like New York, um, Letitia James campaigned on it. All she talked about was yeah. Donald Trump. I'm going to get Donald Trump. She's got a, over a hundred cases, I believe, against Trump or one of his affiliates against his kids. So this is for political for uh, political power, I guess, or political votes, you know, this is, it, it is, um, you know, it, it, he's, he's just an easy target, you know, for those of us, when you're talking about me as a lawyer outside of uh, the political fe- political field, um, you know, certain types of defendants, you know, LIPA, some of these big corporate defendants that nobody likes, public authorities, um, yeah. they're easy to beat up on because they're, they're unfavored. Donald Trump is that um, on steroids. Yeah, without question. Without question. I mean, it just keeps going and going and going. No end in sight either. Uh, talking with uh, State Senator Anthony Palumbo, let's switch over to uh, what's happening in the state and the budget, the governor and everything else. We've been chatting about this the last couple of days. Uh, Want to get your take, obviously, with uh, all that's going on in a $233-plus billion-dollar budget. Uh, the slashing, uh, you know, and, and the thing that really stands out is, you know, you're taking away foundation aid uh, as far as the school districts are concerned. 124 of them here on the island. I think 77 and all will be affected. Uh, foundation aid is very uh, core uh, regarding the funding of programs and whatnot. Uh, so much happening within the schools based on foundation aid. We speak to officials all the time after a budget and everything else. Um, usually people are applauding, you know, this type of stuff regarding foundation aid. Not the case this year, and what really stands out uh, affecting this, in my eyes, and I think a lot of eyes, is the $2.4 billion that's been slated towards the migrant crisis right now in the state, uh, and especially in New York City. So uh, people are outraged over this, and, uh, 
you know, I know there's going to be a lot of pushback within the uh, the hallways up there, uh, but uh, we'll see what happens here. But g- give me a give me a situation where you think Kathy Hochul could be affected and maybe do a reversal on this. Sure, and I mean this budget um, proposed by the governor is just you know the, the most bizarre aspect, like you said, two point four billion dollars toward the migrants, the self-created migrant crisis. Let's keep in mind that Andrew Cuomo, by executive order, declared New York a sanctuary state. So Governor Hochul, with the stroke of a pen, could at least slow or maybe even stop this fiasco that is the migrant crisis, because the flood floodgates are still open. In just the past two years, $4.3 billion has been given to New York City from the state of taxpayer money, $4.3 billion with a B. That's $4,300 million in the past two years. Um, and this is, again, it's a self-created crisis that they don't want to be deemed racist. You know, it's just a political virtue signal. But it's, it's now it's far beyond that. So you have all this money. We're taking money from reserves. We're taking $2.5 billion and throwing it at people who, I get it, they're human beings, but, you know, they're taking services from taxpayers and citizens. They're removing kids from their schools so they can house the migrants. Um, Eric Adams is talking about he's going to be cutting teachers. He's going to cut police officers. He's going to cut essential services. And then the real kicker is we have huge cuts to our schools, where we have our children, not only our moral obligation to fund our schools, but we have a constitutional obligation to educate our kids. My district alone, Senate District 1, schools are losing $20,025,000. bucks. When we can take $2.4 billion and throw it at this, this, this ridiculous crisis, they're going to slash and punish schools and particularly, there's something called a, called Hold Harmless Day, and this is what um, yeah. Governor Hope was trying to eliminate. And there's been talk about this along well. We've had de- declining student populations, and, you know, it fluctuates over time. So if you lose some students, then we're going to cut your, fund- your, your foundation aid and cut your funding, which is absolutely outrageous because now what? So, all right, school district, you're going to need to fire 20 people and then in two years, if it goes back up, you're going to have to try and find these people and hire them back. I mean, what type of chaos will that, that, is that going to create? Um, so it's just so short-sighted. And really, it's just, and, and I hate to be so dramatic about it, but it's immoral. You're punishing our kids, taking services from students, from students taking teachers' salaries, taking teachers from our schools, and you're throwing money at, a bunch of people who are unvetted, who can't even be asked questions, who are allowed to walk into this country illegally. And honestly, if they're true asylum seekers, why are they sneaking in? You can go to a port of entry and say, um, hello, officer, I'm seeking asylum, and walk in. That's how it works. We live in a society of rules. So it is just absolute chaos at the border, which is now trickling all the way up to the great state of New York. Um, and the fact that she would cut, cut school aid to try and find money for that crisis um, is just extremely offensive. We're actually having 
um, a rally tomorrow um, to just really keep this at the forefront of everyone's minds because you know how it works in politics. If, if you can embarrass someone or maybe even threaten them with some votes, which also means possibly threatening their job, um, then the politicians listen. Yeah. Um, so we hope to get Governor Hochul's attention. Both houses, we're talking about it. It's a bipartisan issue where everyone realizes that, uh, you know, this just can't happen. I don't know if it's an experience or if she's trying to, you know, draw a line in the sand to let everybody know that she's governor and, you know, she's going to flex her muscles, whatever it may be. Um, <sighs> you know, it's got to, it, it's got to change. You know, and the thing that people have to understand regarding it, it's serious stuff. You know, you're looking at half the districts, many in rural areas, by the way, uh, are projected to receive these sharp cuts in the critical foundation aid. This is what they were allotted last year by the, the same, by some as much as I think it's 48%. I mean, that's unbelievable. And people have to realize while the overall amount of aid foundation is set to increase by $500 million, right? It's a change in the formula. Expect to reduce that assistance by about $420 million from what was anticipated based on the, uh, you know, some of the calculations by the teachers' union uh, and everything else. So, you know, it's important to realize that the typical school district in the state receives, uh, Senator Watt, two-thirds of its state funds from uh, the much-coveted foundation aid and the proposed formula changes by the governor, you know, it set off a panic uh, to prevent this type of uh, alteration here. Uh, it's going to impact a lot of a lot of districts. Uh, it, it, here's the thing now. It's going to be like a domino effect. you got layoffs, possibly program cuts. And this is at a critical time. You know, a lot of the schools are seeing declining enrollment uh, and everything else, I mean, this really uh, could set off a firestorm. That's what I'm concerned about. Well, let's think about where where the um, burden ultimately lands. After all is said and done, it lands on the taxpayer. We just finally reached yeah. a relationship. That every nickel you get from New York State is less money that is paid by the homeowners and property owners and the citizens as far as their taxes are concerned because obviously that is a large portion and on Long Island it is the largest portion of your property tax bill sometimes in some areas two-thirds 70 percent of your bill is property tax uh, on your property taxes is for school aid so you need to make up the difference somewhere and that's the real kicker that if she cuts the subsidy from the state government then that bomb lands in the laps of Long Islanders, those in the Mid-Hudson. The huge cuts were Long Island, the Mid-Hudson, Hudson Valley, um, some areas upstate. Um, the Big Five still got what they needed. They got Some of them even got increases. You know, so Rochester, Buffalo, New York City, um, you know, areas that typically would vote for Governor Hochul. Um, the areas that didn't because she got crushed on Long Island magically in extremely partisan manner by the way or partisan fashion she cuts the school aid there yet um you know kind of keeps it flat in these other areas so we get to pay the we get to pay the piper because that money will be our taxes will go up even further 
despite the fact that we are the most taxed and pay the highest taxes, essentially, in the country on Long Island. So, um, you know, there's there's more to come. This this is a fight that we are certainly going to take on and take on as strongly as we can because uh, something's got to give here. And something's got to give. And again, you know, the $2.4 billion to go to the crisis, uh, a crisis that she has done very little to uh, help the cause as far as alleviating. I mean, uh, you got to put Eric Adams in that same boat, although Adams see, here at the 11th hour has made some strides, but a little too late for me. And, you know, this latest thing now uh, where she has agreed to a proposal to make it a lot easier for the migrants to get these jobs now in the state government a little easier. Uh, it, it is unbelievable to me. Uh, the Civil Service Commission voted to approve the measure a couple of weeks ago, working with agencies to implement the changes, you know, dropping some of the typical application requirements like proof of a high school diploma or proficiency in English. I mean, we have, we have made it so easy. It, it is unbelievable to me. You know, besides the cell phones and the tablets and the free meals and the, uh, and the housing and my... I mean, what else? I, I, seriously. I, how about this? How about season tickets to the Yankees or the Mets coming up? I mean, why don't we make it easy? You know, a, a hard week of work and everything else. How about a little recreation on the weekends? Go see a ball game on us. I mean, seriously. Listen, I'm all for people getting a chance, please, uh, by a thousand percent. I want to see people do well. If you're coming in here for the right reasons and everything else from an economic standpoint, I get it. Let's do it the right way, though, please. I mean, this just exacerbates a horrific situation from a fiscal sense that we don't have. We just don't. We're so underwater from a deficit standpoint. You know, you look at what's happening in 2025 at a $12 billion price tag on all this, Senator. I mean, it drives me nuts. I mean, now we got this whole thing. Just to streamline the work permits, that, that's the answer to all this. You know, and these benefits are not afford, afforded to regular citizens. That's the most that's the craziest part. That they're yeah. trying to do what they can to not, you know, be deemed. Because if you recall, back when when we as Republicans were saying, you know what, this is not a good idea. We we just can't sustain it. Our infrastructure can't sustain it. This isn't. This is not a good idea. Oh, you're racist. But no, it has nothing to do with where they're from. One, I mean, there is an issue that we don't know who they are because you can't properly vet these individuals. We do have a we do have a system of immigration that's already in place, but you know, we, you want to have compassion. It's not really compassion for them when they're now in the middle of the winter, being complaining about the living conditions, living in tent cities, and you know, it's just getting worse and worse. You hear there's a bunch of crime in there. I don't know if you've been reading that they're. There were rapes and stabbings and murders happening now yeah. in these migrant camps. How is that compassion for them, let alone the rest of us? And now they're saying, well, to try and fix it, it's disingenuine, but they'll say, we're going to fix it because we need these workers anyway. We're going to give them expedited work permits. They're going to get all these advantages over us. Like you said, free cell phones, METS tickets, you name it. Um, it just, It just is so upside down. I almost don't even recognize this country. I don't know what is going on. Um, and it's really disappointing because on the state level, there isn't that much you can do, but you certainly can. As I said, the governor can with the stroke of her pen say, you know what? We're no longer sanctuary state enough. 
stop the bleeding. We'll deal with those individuals that are here, but we don't want these floodgates to continue because they're continuing to pour in. What's the number going to be next year? It was $1.9 billion. Now it's $2.4 billion. What's it going to be? $3 billion next year. It's just going to keep going and going and going. When does it end? When does it end? Until someone, you know, some maniac gets back in the White House and says, oh, we're going to shut down the border again. And apparently that is, that is crazy, according to some people in this state. They think the fact that you just want to have borders. We're spending billions and sending troops to the Ukraine border. But we don't really care about the American border. Um, just let it. Just let them run wild down there. We'll figure it out um, as it comes. Which is just. It's just insanity. They're just asleep at the wheel. Um, and something very significant needs to be done to actually just maintain some sense of sanity um, in in the state of New York, despite the fact that we're not a border state. No, and she's. Uh... And she's telling people, uh, don't be disingenuous about all this stuff. Okay. Uh, this is why you tell that to, you know, she should tell that to the folks who have already left here, about 100,000 plus that has left her state under her governance. There's uh, a reason why they're living here. They don't like her policies. She's managing the state. Uh, she's driving people away. She's telling people to go to Florida. <laughs> you know, I mean, she's basically telling hey, go down there. We don't want you here. You know, that's really what it comes down to. It's unbelievable. It really is. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting. And I say this all the time as a lieutenant governor. Uh, she was a sweetheart. You know, she she would talk to people. She'd come on my program all the time, even though, you know, listen, it was light stuff, which she was involved with. Uh, but she can't, answer, she can't answer tough questions. Doesn't want to be challenged. Doesn't do interviews. Uh, it is unbelievable. You talk about non-transparency involved with Kathy Hoke. It's unbelievable. We will continue, though, to monitor and discuss. That's all we can do, Senator Anthony Palumbo, doing the job. You know, I, I always say it's not how you start, it's how you finish, Senator. And you finish strong, and we can't thank you enough. <laughs> thank you, my friend. You be well. Have a good week.